Blog Talk Radio. Hey, 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 everybody had a little uh, little uh, technical difficulty there. Hey, T. Hey, Lisa, girl, they already tried to mess with us this evening, girl. I ain't got time for it. Block talk better back up. <laughs> Don't they know we always have an A++ backup? <laughs> right. They better act like they know what it is. We've been doing this way too long. <laughs> oh, gosh. Mm-mm. We don't need that tonight. No, no, ma'am. No, ma'am, no ham, no spam. No, thank you. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> we want to welcome y'all to Let's Chat. I'm Miss Felicia. You know I got my girl. Most of the time, she is my left and my right, the fabulous Miss Tony. Shall we? Is talking that talk today about blast from the past, T. Mm, now, you're not going to ask you, what brought that up, girl? So we have our, you know, I'm into genealogy. I have uh, looked up most of my family trees. That's, you know, really kind of like my other weird little geeky passion. Like, I just love it. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's what we have on today. We have Donnie Lee, uh, who is actually my cousin. <laughs> oh, okay. So through, through family fair tonight. Yes, through through genealogy. So she's going to be on. She actually wrote a book. Um, I'm Mm -hmm. excited about uh, the book that she wrote because it's very important, I think, that we reach back and we learn about our ancestors. We we, want to learn about everything else and everybody else, but we never really understand and learn about ourselves. You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? We never really understand and learn about ourselves, which is very important. You know, you have to know 
where your family came from, um, accomplishments, struggles, because sometimes you learn um, a lot right. about your family because some some of that stuff that we have is a generational thing. Some of the habits that we have, some of the things that we have, some of your characteristics that you mm-hmm. have. You know, a lot of people are into Zodiac. You know, I'll mm-hmm. play with it a little bit, but a lot of your characteristics that you have, I believe, comes from um, the people that came before you. Mm-hmm. Setting that foundation, that 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 transgenerational. You know, we had a guest on uh, not too long ago who dabbles in that, and that was actually very interesting, Lise, you know, and uh, she actually has a newsletter if y'all want to check out our archives, but I guess what a lot of people have on their time, now is the time to kind of do that research, you know, that you may not even be familiar with because, like you said, who you are today is who who came before you yesterday. Uh-huh. Absolutely. So her, she's going to talk about her book, uh, Delving Into My Bitter Roots. We're going to talk about uh-huh. her experience uh, in genealogy, how she got into it, uh, and just have a great time in literature and be able to just learn. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's it's so many different levels and things that you learn from um, doing genealogy, just from the research itself. Just I've learned just reading a census report or a DOS or you know just different elements and, and documents that they give you when you search for family members, um, mm-hmm. and you're able to kind of find where they went to. Uh, you'll know okay. if they were owners, if they were farmers, if they um, were Indians, if they, you know, you you learn a lot about yourself. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's very important that everybody at least know something about where you came from. And it's interesting also, Leash, you know, the title, Delving Into My Bitter Roots. You know, Leash and I, we pay attention to words here on this chat because that's all, that, that, that's basically what literature is. And I'm interested to know and understand why she chose the word bitter, you know, because once you start delving into your past, what made her feel that her past, you know, equaled bitterness and and, and the generational, it could be a curse or it could be a stigma, it could be anything, but that, that word just kind of sticks out to me. So I'm going to be interested to know and understand why she chose that. You know, everybody has a, a, a reason and, and as well as roots as to what they do. Absolutely. Absolutely. I know for me, um, when you think about bitterness, I learn a lot about history itself and, and how uh, the world or society, or even the government worked um, back in the 1800s. You know, it was it's very um, interesting what what you mm-hmm. learn via genealogy. Genealogy mm-hmm. is so different, um, and I've actually it is a lot of research. It is a mm-hmm. lot of research, um, but you learn a lot. You really do. Mm -hmm. You really do. Mm -hmm. And you learn some good stuff and you learn some bad stuff. You know, you learn some painful things um, that Mm -hmm. those before you have to go through. I think that, you know, right now in in the 
the society we are in and the in the dark days that we are in, I think it's very important um to understand, you know, we protest now, but they protested then. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. There has always been um that sense. And if I think if we look back in our roots we'll see how our ancestors has have always fought and mm-hmm. pushed to either better others, be be leaders, mm-hmm. to lead others. You know, sometimes you find out Papa wasn't rolling stone, you know. It mm-hmm. just all depends. It all depends, but you learn. You learn about yourself, you learn about your life, you learn about your family and it's very mm-hmm. important. So we're gonna bring on Oh, before we bring her in, you know, we always get to yipping and yapping, and we forget to open up the show. Go ahead, T, open the, open this thing on up. I was about to say the same thing, Leash. You know, but welcome everybody. You know, every every week, Leash and I, you know, we so appreciate you guys for tuning in. But we're also aware that we have new guys tuning in. We have new people uh, joining us, so we want to welcome everyone. And just to give you guys a little bit on what we do here on Let's Chat. Leisha and I started off our show, this journey, you know, just talking about literature because we are avid readers. We love the word. But our show has evolved into so much. And as you can see, for those that have followed us, tonight is a perfect example. You know, we've gone from literature to include all the arts, such as music, publishing, actors, songwriters, rap artists. We, you name it, they have been through the doors of us chat, and we love having them in here, sharing their passion behind what it is that they do. And passionate is what they are. Our archives are so full of passion, knowledge, jewels. So just check out any show and you will not be disappointed. But we love bringing them together with our listening audience because you never know who are listening. You may be touching someone that needed to be touched at that moment. Combine the passion in our listening audience, and we hope that you guys are in store for another great show tonight. We're going to share the passion and have a fun show because, you know, in spite of everything that's going on, Leash, I think this show is pretty much apropos to the times that we are living in right now because I think a lot of people are home to observe what's going on. You know, there is no, I can't see anyone on this planet that has not been affected by the, not only the pandemic, but the, the protests. You know, the the passion behind what it is they're protesting. And I think if you look back in your history, in your own personal history, those are in the in the that can hear our words this evening, just check out your history and understand why we are at this point in our lives today. Why change has to be made and why lives are so needlessly and, and unnecessarily lost because of our past. You know, and, and that word bitter is very much powerful tonight because of what we are going through worldwide, not just in our country, but throughout the world. So tune in and just take a break on what we are going to learn tonight and just reflect on your past and see how you can make change. You know, change, change is within us, and we can all contribute <clears throat> excuse me, to change in our, in, in our world today, no matter where you are in this world. Change is necessary. So I'm going to get off my soapbox, as Lee says, and we're going <laughs> to get ready for a very powerful show this evening. Absolutely. And we're going to take a brief break, and we will be back with the fabulous author and publisher, Donnie Lee. <laughs> 
Busting my tail on a nine to five Just to keep up, try to stay alive Promise my lady we gon' be alright She be crying while she praying for a better life Hustling on the side for a bag of rice Gotta feed the fam, gotta pay the price Gotta keep trucking through the Georgia clay Gotta stay searching for a better day Gotta keep my faith till make a way Gotta get extended so the gas can pay Sweet Georgia, hold me down Keep my feet planted on solid ground From the New York coast to the Florida shine Up to the Maryland, D.C. line Back down south, repeat prime Sweet Georgia, where I reside Tell me why do I have to cry out Tell me why should I even pray Tell me why should I worry about it Tell me why should I lose my From the burdens laid, darkest roots from mistakes I made. Sweet Georgia, hold me down. Keep my feet planted on solid ground. Tell me why do I have to cry? Thank you. 
MLS Chat. You know I got my right hand, and most of the time she is my left, the fabulous Miss Tony. I am Miss Felicia. We want to welcome you guys to Let's Chat as we talk that talk about blast from the past with our guest of the day, Arthur Denise Lee. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you, thank you. I'm so happy to be able to talk to you. Oh, thank you for joining us this evening. Now, we saw we sound a lot alike, so we always have to make sure that we uh, announce who we are um, because we do sound alike and sometimes too much alike. <laughs> but we thank you for coming and kicking with us here in the chat room on today. I want you just to introduce yourself a little bit. Tell everybody about um, your 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 journey into genealogy uh, and your literary experience. Uh, your literary journey as well so far um, as you've put this book out? Well, I've been doing genealogy for about 20 years, and I dabbled in and out of it. I was was a teacher, and it was something fun to do after I got home from work and and, um, uh, do genealogy. In fact, I I met Lisa in 2012 because we are cousins. We are fourth cousins, (laughs) Um, and so we – I just – was doing this genealogy, and I, I found it really interesting to find out about my family, to find out what was going on in my family. And then uh, not too long ago, I found this um, piece of paper that um, it was a, it was, I found and figured out who my uh, fourth great, my thir- excuse me, third great grandfather was. His name was Granville. And on this piece of paper, it was a bill of sale. And the bill of sale was in the year 1854, and at that time, Granville was 84 years old. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, that means he was born in 1770. That was before the United States was a country. And I thought that was like, wow. The other interesting thing about it, it had him there. It had my second great-grandfather, his children, most of his children there. On that same sheet of paper, I was able to see who was our slaveholder was on that page. And the other very interesting thing was in each person, they had this color next to them. They were dark or black or coffee. I'm like, wow, that's just, like, really strange. So I, I found that really interesting. And then I said, I, now I want to know a little bit more about this information with this one sheet of paper. And I said, I want to find out more about this. And then I also realized that you know, most of the time people say you can't do genealogy for African Americans because there's no records, there's no information, there's nothing you can do. And I'm like, well, I, I, I'm not going to take that at no for an answer. I had this kind of like a contrarian kind of streak in me. And so I said, I'm going to figure out how to do this. And so this book is about how I figured out how to find out about my third great-grandfather with just one piece of paper as a record. And I just did all this research. I went around looking um, and found all kinds of things. I used every bit of information I could, and I was able to find out about my third great-grandfather, Granville. Wow. I love it. I love it. I love it. And... Now, this is the other side of her family, um, but I want to talk a little bit about that because you've learned about both sides of your family, and you've learned yes. that some were slaves and some were not. Correct. Tell me about that experience for you. Well, 
I mean, I have all kinds of things going on in my family, like in your side, the same side that you and I are on. We have some that are slaves and some are not, and there were Indians, uh-huh. and there were, um, were African-Americans that were owned by Indians, and that was kind of like shocking. What? African-Americans owned by Indians? I didn't know that before I started that. So that's on the same side that Alicia is. And then this is my father's side, the maternal side. And then on my mother's side, I have people that, that weren't slaves at all, and they were up in um, Pennsylvania, and I did some research about them. In fact, I found out that my second great-grandfather on that side, he was in the Civil War in the Navy. I'm like, I didn't know that you know, they had uh, African-Americans in the Navy. I didn't even know that. So um, that was interesting to find out that not, not everybody was slaves, one. And then two, we had other things like um, um, you know, people that were in Oklahoma that were Indians, that had Indians in them. And so all of these things were an interesting thing to find out. Absolutely, absolutely. And and for me, I know the, the one of the interesting things that I found is the geography, um, how the country was broken up and how it was separated and how, you know, Spain still controlled a portion of the country and then you had above top. And it was very, to me, um, it's, I'm not history, history, but I just love it. It's, it's really addictive when you do it, too. Honestly, it's addictive. <laughs> yes, especially when you find something. It's like when you're doing a puzzle and you find that just piece that goes in there, and you go, "Yes, I found it." So that's yes. Really <laughs> <laughs> it is crazy because you will find five people with the same name. <laughs> it is like now you got to figure out which one goes where. And it, it, it's, it's, it's like a big mystery, and it's, I love mm-hmm. it. I absolutely love mm-hmm. it. Now, what have you learned about yourself as a woman and, and a black woman and just as a person? What have you learned about yourself doing this process over the 20 years you've been doing it? Well, um, it's been a, really a growing process because um, it said something about why did I call it the bitter roots. Well, when I first started it, I was really afraid to look into slavery. I didn't want to look at it at all. It was kind of like in the back of my mind, you know, put that trap in the back of my door, don't touch that, don't have anything to do with that. And so I didn't really want to look at it at first. And so I, start, I started with my family um, after the Civil War, and I you know, got all the information about everybody in my family after the Civil War. And um, as I continue on, one of the most interesting things I was able to find was that your family has patterns in it, and patterns happen over and over. And that was fascinating to find out. Um, Wow, the same thing happens over and over in your family. So I was able to see that in my family, especially one of the other things was in my family Sometimes I, I didn't see people like the story of my family when I see like things like Rubes or, you know, Gone with the Wind. It wasn't the story that was in my family. It was My family story was different, so that was another thing I found out. Wait a minute, they're not always telling us the truth here. There's different stories here. We need to have multiple stories that we actually find out in our family. And each of us need to find out what was your family story. It wasn't that story. Absolutely. And I I think that's true. I think when people look at uh, Roots, they think of that was the story for most slaves. And when, in all actuality, mm-hmm. it was part of the story uh, of Alex Haley's Roots, when he traced his roots back. Um, 
I don't know if all of it was true. I think it was like a mixture, mm-hmm. um, but it was That's very really interesting. Right. It was very interesting to see um, his process come to life. Mm-hmm. Don't you? Yeah. Now, th- 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 this is Tony, Denise. I'd like to ask you a question. You know, at the start of your interview, you say you met Leash, Alicia, I call her Leash. And two twelve is when you met Leash, and you were fourth cousins. Now, is that was that a result of you uh, delving into your history? Yes. Yeah, so basically, what happens if you if you get your um, that's from DNA. So we get our DNA done, and once you get your mm-hmm. DNA done, then you run into cousins that you're in the same family. So she and I um, have the same DNA, and so um, she would write me information every once in a while. She just wrote me information. How about this? And then. The thing about it is you really need to do this um, information as a group. No one person mm-hmm. knows all the information. Uh-huh. So she knew some of the story, and I knew some of the story about Reverend Mundy Durant, which is our common ancestor, and she knew some and I knew some. So that's why And when you go online and you have common ancestors um, um, from DNA matches, then we were able to find that information and talk to each other. And we talk to each other every once in a while. It's basically, I have not ever talked to her. It's all doing messaging um, that you can do online. Mm-hmm. I love it. Absolutely. And and we did talk. I think we talked for like two hours. It was just about genealogy. It was just about, well, what about this? And And just like she was saying, it is better if it's done in a group where multiple people are looking and you guys are able to bounce bounce things off of each other. You'll be able mm-hmm. to, um, they might have found this, but you might have found this. And I remember growing up, my family would always talk about, my, especially my grandfather, would always talk about us being Freeman. And I never listened. They always talked about it. Every time they got together, every even family reunions, they have like a whole committee. I never listened. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. now I'm wishing I had listened. I, I remember bits and pieces of stories, but, you know, they would talk about it in detail. Like they would mm-hmm. make us come to the to the meeting so that they can sit and talk about it so we would know. And I just never listened. I wish I would have listened. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's it's really important to listen. It's it's also really important to get those stories. So if you mm-hmm. you want, you need to get those stories. I was able to interview my grandmother, but she to live to be 105 when she was 103, and so she was able to tell me about you know what her life was like and what happened in her life, and and I was able to find out lots of information. So you do want to get those stories before people pass away, because someone said you know when someone passes away, a library <coughs> closes. And that's so true. It really is. That's so true. Now, I have a question about the process of writing the book. Um, Because the process of writing the book is so different. Um, It it can be a frustrating process sometimes. Tell us what that process was like for you and how your pen has grown from the first time you penned your first chapter to now. Um, well, basically, um, I, I don't really consider myself to really be a writer, <laughs> so that was the first part. And people said, well, you just keep trying and keep trying. What I do do, I was a teacher, and I kind of organized it like it was a curriculum. 
like I, I you know, I'm going to have this part, this part, this part. So that's how I organize it. I just, like for a whole year, I be, I'm going to teach you this part, I'm going to teach you this part, I'm going to teach you this part. So that was easier for me to organize it that way. So I started doing different sections of the book, um, looking at it from that, you know, different perspectives. And that's how I kind of learned about Granville's instead of just like, because if I just started to have what information I had, that wouldn't be enough. So then I said, well, what, what else can I do? So then I looked at what became interesting was culture. It turns out that I also did my African ancestry, and I turned out that I was from the Balantra tribe. So then I started doing some research on the Balantra tribe, and oh. that gave me some more information about the culture. And what is totally fascinating is the word Balantra means those who resist. I go, oh, maybe that's where I got that contrarian side from. <laughs> so that was, and we found out that um, that was how they were. They they were back in Africa. The Mandinka, the ones that were from roots, were always trying to um, take take over from them, and they just moved. They did different things. They just had all kinds of strategies to keep the Mandinka out. So they were always resisting it. So the Mandinka called them the Balanta because they wouldn't do. Even nowadays, the government, they don't want to do what people want them to do. So that was really interesting. So I started off, oh, okay, looking at the culture. And as I each each piece of this, I looked at the culture, and then I looked at the history of, of you know, um, that was just a piece of history. And as I was looking at the piece of history, um, the, the picture you have of slavery is mostly right before the Civil War. And there was actually five stages of, of um, slavery. At the very beginning, you know, back in the 1600s, it was very, very different. And then they didn't even have plantations, and, and people worked together. There was whites and blacks together. And then later on, you know, they had um, the tobacco. That was a different time. And then the time that I found out was when my third-great-grandfather, he um, – he was brought over around, his father was brought over in 1760 because they were brought over to Georgia, and they were brought over because Georgia opened up slavery. So Georgia didn't have slavery at first. When it was colonial Georgia, it wasn't slavery. And then it was opened up because they saw the people in South Colonial Carolina were making all kinds of money with rice. So they wanted mm-hmm. to be able to grow rice too. And so they brought people over who knew how to grow rice. Well, the Balanta people was one of the people who know how to grow rice. And I was like, wow, isn't that interesting that, you know, that all goes together. So they brought them over. They were considered to be, you know, technicians and, and um, you know, craftsmen and figure out how to build this. And they had to build all these trenches and they had to build all these things in order to grow rice. And it, and it wasn't something that you could just do by yourself. You needed somebody who was an expert. So they were brought over as experts to grow rice. And when they came over, they weren't able to, they weren't treated like um, later on because, you know, if they did, nobody's going to help them. So that's how they got this task system that they were able to get their work done. They had this much work to do, and then the rest of the day they had off. That was very different than other places. So I'm like, wow, that was, you know, very interesting to learn the history. So each part of where slaves were was different from if they were growing tobacco, if they were growing um, cotton, or if they were growing rice or indigo or other things they were growing. So that's why you really need to look at the history and find out what was going on wherever your ancestors were. Absolutely. I know for me the the most amazing thing, and you touched on it, that I learned is Indians own slaves. 
And what disturbs me, which, you know, looking at your title where it says bitter uh, roots, which dis- what disturbed me was learning that um, when the United States broke the treaty they had with the Indians, that's when the Indians kind of turned on um, the freemen that they had. And it was just really messy. Um, but also to learn that, you know, we were traded like a dollar, you know, to be traded just just as money. It's just, it's just crazy. But I can see um, where you got my bitter roots because some of that is, is we, we don't learn that when we're in school. We don't learn a lot of this. We didn't learn that Indians had slaves. We didn't learn mm-hmm. that um, how they came as far as being together. We never learned about the DOS role. We never learned about any of these things. They don't teach us that when they teach us history. They yeah. teach us a portion of history. One of the other interesting things I say in the book is I was going along looking at, you know, you have the 13 colonies, and when you were growing up and, you know, they taught you, oh, there was a 13 colonies, and they were brought over because of religious freedom, and that's why they were over here, and we were giving this idea that they were all, the, you know, the, the pyramid, the pilgrims and things like that. Well, as a, during that time, I would, by land, 75% of the land was devoted to slavery, during that time in colonial time. I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. Nobody ever told me that? Really? Wow. It was about slaves from the beginning, and no one ever said a word about that. Absolutely. Because, you know, when they really they really sent people over here, those were the people that were um, either prisoners or maids or people that, that weren't considered um, important. Uh, in, in in Britain or England or wherever they came from, and so they came here. Um, but yeah, it's it's just crazy if you think back. I'm sorry, T. Go ahead. No, I'm <laughs> I'm just listening and learning. <laughs> <laughs> but I do have one question, um, Denise. This is Tony. Um, you know, you did a lot of research, and, and a lot has to go into um, just putting it all together. Can you explain some of the obstacles that you came up against trying to get all of this information that you uncovered? Um, well, one part was there was, like, the, the data, the raw data, that I was able to find mm-hmm. information about whatever I was able to find information. And then to dig it out and come some kind of story about that was, was a part. So, for instance, I was just telling this story the other day. Um, in 1870, my second great-grandfather um, mm-hmm. had an ag- agricultural census, and there was a census, and he was listed on this census. He was the second person there. And they had censuses, and it tells you how many cows they had and how many pigs they had and how, many, how much corn they had and how much um, um, land they were going on. And it's not clear to me right now whether – during that time, this is during Reconstruction. It's not clear to me. I know that the the um, they were working for the former, um, um, not the slaveholder, but uh, um, the person that had taken care of them during um, slavery, and they were working for him. 
And mm-hmm. so it's not clear to me whether this was their own land, but you know how much of the they could get after they were done. But after on the back side of this sheet of paper, there was the amount of money they had made. It was amounts of money. So this is just information, information, information. And I looked at the amounts of money, amounts of money, and I looked at it. I'm like, oh wow, look at this. My second great grandfather is one of the top ones on the page. They had make the most money of everybody on this page that are African Americans. I'm like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. And he was a hard worker way back then. He was working really hard way back then. So I could tell that. But, you know, if you don't, like, really delve, that's what I mean by delving into it. And oh. think about what does that mean? What does that mean that he did that? Now, what he did with that, he kept saving this money and saving this money and saving this money till finally he and a couple of guys got together, and they were able to buy two acres of land. And they were able mm-hmm. to build a school that was also for the church. So that's one of the reasons why he was working so hard, so he could get his kids educated. And he was doing mm-hmm. that way back in 1880. And so that's what I mean. That was the hard part, looking at something which was just data and then being able to pull all that together and say, wow, that means something. What does that tell you? What can you learn from that little bit of data? So each little bit of data I was able to find and had to come up with something. What does that mean? What does that tell me? And that was kind of a hard thing to do. Absolutely. And what does it look like? You know, as readers, you know, because we're readers foremost, and as readers, when you read an author's work, when you read the books that they're writing, you are actually playing back the words that they're putting on the paper. And so – in genealogy, when you're reading and you're researching and you're piecing things together, you're actually playing the whole scenario in your head like, oh, okay, so then this happened and then such and such went over here and then such and this is how this happened. Oh, they must have stayed in the same area. Oh, they must have been next door neighbors. Or, you know, I, it's just understanding how, even like when you look at um, – the sharecroppers and how those areas were were set up. If I look at now, I did have a hard time because my on my mother's um, mother's 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 side of the family, uh, they were Indians. If her great grandmother was an Indian, and so it was really it's really hard for me to I can only track them so far back. Um, but I can't track them any farther back than that because in some areas, I guess they did not keep track. Um, in some areas, you you would learn how they kept track of slaves like they kept track of cattle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you also mm-hmm. learn behavior. Like they had a lot of kids, like mm-hmm. a lot of kids. And it's like, how are they having all these kids? That's because their wives were 15. You know, and it's like, oh, and they have more than one. So I'm like, oh, okay, you you was a rolling stone. You was doing more than just spreading that good word. I'm just saying it was <laughs> happening. But then if I look at the women in my family, y'all was, y'all was married multiple times and had all these angry kids. That's just what y'all, that's just what they was doing. So when we look at now, it's like, listen, I'm not doing all that. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> doing that. Who has time for that? They, what life did you have? But if you think about it, that was their life. Their life was well, their men and their kids. It was. It was even more than that. When I was able to find out, so in 1808, the um, the they stopped bringing um, slaves from Africa. So in 1808, 
And so after that, they couldn't get any more slaves from Africa, so they had to have homegrown slaves. So what they did is they told Mm -hmm. their enslaved African Americans, if you have 10 kids, then you don't have to work as hard. Well, Mm. yes, so Mm -hmm. what would you do if Tommy told you that? Because that was going to give them more people and then then I mean obviously I would do that if I you know if I knew I wouldn't have to work as hard after that. So they were just, you know, taking advantage of people whenever they get. See, I didn't know that. I was just like, Y'all having kids, y'all have like fifteen, twenty kids, who got time for that? What what the wow. <laughs> That's a lot of kids. Right, that's I'm like that, that's that's a lot of kids to be having because if yeah. I would count, I would be like one, two. Now, when you look at the census, though, everybody in the house wasn't necessarily um, family, uh, you know, but they all just stayed together. That really showed the unity that they had, you know, mm-hmm. how how united that slaves were and freemen were and even Indians how how the families how close they were how they moved together they you know did. nowadays they are doing all that they, they did so so fundamentally if you look in 1870 and 1880 if if you look wherever you find your enslaved ancestor and they're free free now, if you look above them or below them, you can see a lot of family. So I was able to see the whole family was right there, right after um, uh-huh. the Civil War. They're all there, I mean, the family. So the names are all there. The same ones that I had found on that piece of paper were right there, too. And they were all on the same page, up and down on the same page. And what was so fascinating is they were there then, and then they moved to Louisiana. A big group of them moved to Louisiana. And then again, when they moved to Los Angeles, a big group of them moved to Los Angeles. Some of my family also moved to Michigan, but they stayed together. And I was able to see that on the census. Oh. I just look above and below, and they're together. The same names you can see. So they did stay together. Wow. Now, this is Tony. You know, Leisha and I, Leisha, you, you and Leisha both are mentioning the word census. And we're in the middle of people that should be filling out the census. How big a role, how big a part of the census did it help you? And do you feel that it's important for those that are listening to fill out that census form? Oh, my goodness. It was incredible to have that information. If I didn't have it, I couldn't have done it. There was so Mm -hmm. much information on there that it's incredible. So, for instance, every time they had a census, they they would uh, have different questions. So one time mm-hmm. they asked you, could you read or not? That was one question. One time they asked um, how many kids you could have. So then we could see how many kids they had had and how many were still living. So you could see, oh, sometimes they had a lot of kids because I had a lot of them died. Um, you could see mm-hmm. how much education. In 1940 they asked you how much education they were. So you could see where they, how far they went to school. So it was so much information, whether they had land, whether they didn't have land, whether they were renting, whether they were owning. That was all this information I was able to find out about my family by looking at the census. So the census Mm. was integral to finding all this information. Wow. And I don't think most people understand or, or even realize how important, you know, filling out a census form is for those down the road that want to know about us now? Most certainly. I definitely agree. Now, you you were a teacher, um, yes. and 
now you you do genealogy. Um, but do you consider yourself a genealogist? <laughs> I consider myself a family historian. Okay. And so, mm-hmm. a family historian. And, and most families have somebody in their family that's a family historian. So in genealogy, they have some kind of rules they have to follow. They have to do things a, a special way. And that was kind of like I couldn't do the way you're supposed to do it. That was kind of like my contrarian resisting self. Say, I couldn't do it the way you were supposed to. I'm supposed to have this record, and I'm supposed to verify it multiple times during genealogy. And that didn't exist. So I said, well, if I can't do it that way, I'm going to come up with my own way. So that's what I did. I found different ways to find out about my family, to use the census, to use other records, to use history, to use research, to use all kinds of information. One of the things I did is I went in and looked at all the laws that were um, in, in that particular place. So I was looking at the laws, the slave laws that were enacted. And so in, in um, Alabama, so at one time the family was in Alabama, and then they moved to Louisiana. And one of the laws they had was African Americans were not allowed to be on horses. I go, oh, okay. Well, that's in- interesting because my you know, third great-grandfather was 70 years old when they moved from Alabama to Louisiana, and if they weren't allowed to be on horses, he had to walk that 400 miles, how many days it took because of those laws. And so that was like something fascinating to find out, you know, to find information about him because I don't have a piece of paper that tells me about him, but I was able to find out about what happened because I was looking at everything that I could find. Wow. So interesting. Absolutely. But I want to go back to something you said because you said you don't consider yourself a writer. You're absolutely a writer. And once you publish a book, you become a business. You're now a published author. Um, what has that process been like for you uh, from now that you've done, you've finished writing the book, but being able to move the book and allow that book to create legs of its own? How has that process been for you? Um, it's a growing process. I'm just learning how to do that. I'm just learning what I need to, to do for that because um, I – I wrote the book because I wanted to. I wanted people to know about it. I wanted people to know about African-American history. I wanted people to know, you know, it was different. I wanted people to say, you can do it. No, they can't take that away from us. Yes, we can find out about our family. So as I've been writing it, it's it's been just growing every time, growing, growing, learning how to write more and more and learning how to write it so it sounds better, learning how to write it so it's interesting, learning how to write it so it's clear, those are all things that I had to have learned as I grow and how to how to um, layer it together. It started off just you know just bare flax, and then I had to you know put another layer of okay, how do I make it interesting? Because one of the things why I say delving into my bitter roots, another layer of this is the whole time I'm writing about how am I dealing with this slavery issue. I mean, first I was angry and first and I was upset and then I was giving myself numbering systems so I could figure out how am I feeling about this. So that took that whole process of me dealing with this, you know, how do we deal with this slavery issue in your in your brain? How do you pull it out? How do you do it until the end of when finally I um, um, the end of the story with Granville when he passed away just before the Civil War, I had uh-huh. come to some kind of Okay, I can deal with slavery now. I understand it. I, I, I understand. I understand that they were such resilient people. 
I understand now that they did all these things and they figured out how to get around whatever you put in front of them, that obstacle, they figured a way to get around it. So that was the good part of me going through this process to learn that. I wouldn't have known that if I hadn't gone through to like really dig in there and really find out what was going with them. So that's what I can say about the writing that I've learned. Now, this is Tony and Denise. With all that you've gone through, this whole uh, research journey, does it give you a clearer picture of who you are and why you are who you are? Absolutely. So, and and so, what I did too, because I wanted to find out about um, Grant. How can I find out about him? I don't have any piece of paper. I don't have anything about him. So then, after mm-hmm. I I went through the first six chapters, are just about his life, and then after I went on to his children's life. And so then I started going on to his children's life. And then I started collecting information from his children's life because I, I figure if I see the same thing happening, he had eight children, if I see the same thing happening in these eight children, then that must be going back to him. So one of the most fascinating things I did was I had this values test. And I have cousins from each of the sides of the family, each of the eight. I don't have all eight. I have six of them. And so I sent them this test. I said, one person, and you guys all take this test, this values test. So if we've got something the same from all six of it, it must be something going back to Granville because it's not from the other side of our family's back. And so I was able to do that. And we were able to find three things that we all came out the same. We all came out benevolent, helping people, always helping people. We all came out mm-hmm. self um, uh, take care of ourselves, want to do things ourselves. Independent. Mm-hmm. Yes, we all came out that, that and we were, it was like really fascinating to see that. You know, we all took the same test, and we could see it. we weren't all the same because you know the other side of your family would be something else. But those three things we were able to do. So if if those three things are the same, then I can say, oh, that's where I got that from. That's from my father's side. That's from the Granville that we've you know all these years down. We we got that from him. So that was very interesting to find out that he was that way. And the biggest thing was um, to find out that um, I was a math teacher. That's what I taught as math. And I've got my father was an engineer. I've got uncles that are engineers. And then I went back into the family and looked at people, what they were doing. Well, they weren't able to be engineers before, but they were in um, construction, and they were carpenters. And so I was able to look mm-hmm. through different parts of the family to see Oh, they were carpenters, they were in construction, and I was able to find out that that pattern was all through the family, and I also found out there's only about six different types of jobs, and that type of job is called an investigative person, a person who likes to, you know, think about things and figure out things and analyze things. Either they do it with, you know, as an engineer, or they do it in construction, or, you know, my grandfather was in construction, or they do it as a carpenter. And so then that tells me that it's a good chance that Granville was that kind of person because I'm seeing that same thing through all the eight sides of his family, and I'm seeing this in the census again because the census says what kind of jobs they had. So I was able to go through. And I ended up looking through 600 people <laughs> and find out oh. information, 600 different mm-hmm. families you know, down the line, like what we're – what they were so that that's why this took me a long time to do but it was fascinating to see wow i could actually see this i could actually see so that's where i got this analyzed person if you're listening to me analyze things it's a good chance i got it all the way back to granville that is just so amazing to me to be able to think of something that that my family what were they doing and i also talked about you know what if he could read you know what if he had the more education what would he have done 
you know, way back then, mm-hmm. if he had. That's just mm-hmm. that's a big what if in my mind. Wow, that's so interesting. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> now, moving forward, do you see yourself writing another book? <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm going to or not. I know I'm, I'm going to do more research. Because the way I wrote this one, I wrote this one to help other people. So I, I help other people write, um, do their family. In the back of the book, I actually have grids and things that if you fill it out, then you can do your own family. So it's, I really wanted other people to be able to do this too. So you can just like, do the first one, and then you do the second one and third one. So then um, I don't know if I could I – mean, once I've done that, I don't know if I could do it again. I definitely am going to you know, do more parts of my family and do more research. I just don't know if it's going to turn out – into a whole book again. Have you ever thought about taking the bits and pieces that you've learned and turning it into a story? Uh, uh, another story? Yeah, I, I, my, my first one, I, I wrote a little story. Uh, it was like 48 pages, the first one I did on my mother's side. So I, that's why it got started. I thought I was going to write eight different ones. Each of my second great grandfathers I was going to write a story about. 40, 50 pages. That's what I originally thought I was going to do. And so then I started working on this. This was the second one. I'd been my mother's side first, and then I was on the second side. This is my um, paternal grandfather side. And then um, then it just kind of like, wow. And, and the more I learned, the more, the more like, wow. The more I, <laughs> I had to keep doing it. And then as I started learning so much, I said, you know, other people need to know this too. They need to know that, you know, what was going on. And, and it wasn't like what we think it is. And we don't know this information, so that's. I mean, I don't know how to do that again if it's going to be some of the same information. I'll think about it. I'm just finishing up this one. Wow, that's so interesting. This is Tony. Now, as a result of the book, now have you had any surprises that from people that have read the book and kind of went and did their own research and said, you know, maybe I'm related to you in certain certain kind of way or I found this relative. Have you had any feedback regarding that? Um, well, I know the people um, that are of my family, so I've, I've written to a lot of the people. Remember I said I had 600 people that I had found out, so mm-hmm. a lot of them I, I, I have on, I can write to them. And they were um, surprised, too. I think the biggest surprise for them was just to find out how, like, we're, you know, fourth cousins, and but we're alike. They were like, wow, that's really interesting. And then to find out, how can you find that out? I mean, the people just had this idea, no, nah, you can't figure that out. You can't know that. How do you know that, um, that you can mm-hmm. actually find? Because Granville is, in, in my family, on that particular line, because that particular line in my family, they, they live long. So Granville lived to be 90 years old. And so he was mm-hmm. the only one in my family on that side that actually lived his entire life enslaved. His mm. father before him would have come from Africa, and his sons all live long enough to be free. So he's the only one that was enslaved in the family. So, wow. so uh, yeah. And now, I, I got a question. How were you able to draw the line between the two? Like, we were to go back and know where in Africa uh, they would have come from. Well, so once once you do okay, so if you do African um, ancestry, which is different from like on on ancestry.com, it's, it's called African ancestry, and they tell you specifically. They can tell you specifically on your father's 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 side or your mother's 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 side. Just those two sides that they can tell you. They can tell you where your family came from, and they tell the Balanta tribe, and so that's the information you get back from them. So from my father's 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 side, it's from the Balanta side. And on my mother's 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 side is from Mali. It's a Turi 
turmeric side. So those are the only two. The rest of them, you're a mix of all the rest, but that one line they can tell you. So that's they'll tell you where it is, and they can tell you where they were, and you can look up research later on and see where they were. As I say, they live right next to the Mandiga, and so I was able to find it. I have a map. I can see, okay, here's where they were, and here's where the Mandiga were, and, and that's how I was able to find that information. Oh, wow. So was it like, is it set up like Ancestry where you would um, tell them certain people? Or no, it, it, no, it's not set up. So basically all it does is tell you, um, if you do the African Ancestry, it tells you what your African Ancestry is, It's very specifically. So if you go on Ancestry, it'll tell you, well, you have this, I have Nigerian, I have you know, Cameroon, I have all these different ones. But this is only going to tell you one on that one line and and where and what you were basically 500 to 2000 years ago that's what it's going to tell you they're able to go that far back and tell you what they are and so what they've done is they've gone for the african ancestry they've gone back to africa and they've gotten 30,000 different people and tribes and things and so they compare whatever you come up with with those 30 different thousand tribes that's how they know you know which tribe are you related to Wow, that's interesting. interesting. Mhm. Well, you know, here on Let's Chat, well, you don't know because you're new to the show, but we love to do something fun. We love to allow our listeners to be able to just get a little peek and um, into the uh, the artist or the author that we have on. So Tony is going to give you a question. It's going to be a fun question. I don't know what she's going to ask you. <laughs> I don't even know. I, I don't participate in that part. I just um, listen. <laughs> okay. Oh, I hear a little apprehension in there. <laughs> I do want to go back yeah. on something she said because um, seeing her picture, uh, I sent her a picture of my mother and they favor, but uh, my auntie Anne. And her look, they would look exact. They look exactly the same. So it's just mm-hmm. interesting um, to understand how we literally look alike. You know, just family wise. That yeah. is very fascinating. So, I was able to collect pictures of the family, and I was able to figure out, okay, I wanted to figure out what Granville looked like. That was one of my goals, if I could figure out what did he look like. But I was able to get features, like basically in my family, they both mostly had small ears, and they had a certain shape head, and they had their eyes were wide. And I just collected all these different pictures, and you could see that probably he was somewhere, you know, in this look. I, I wish I could do that. The other thing I mm-hmm. did was I was able to go in, and because I had so many people, I looked in the, and there's records for the World War One. They took records, and mm-hmm. they wrote down what you look like, what your body type was. Oh, really? So I went, yeah, they have your body type. So I, there were 17 different people that are, are Granville's descendants, and I got all the body types, and then I figured out what the average was. So he was basically, he was, gonna, he was back medium build and medium um, height. And but most of his family was like that, just just like my dad was. So I, I, would, I was trying to figure it out. If I, if I could get more people, I think maybe we could do that. I mean, I would love to be able to have this program where you just like put all your family members in and like boom, that's probably what they look like. I think that would be so cool. <laughs> I know, right? Mm-hmm. Because then you'll be able to see, like, uh, really, really see what what they really looked like throughout that time. 
and because you already kind of know bits and pieces of what they experienced and what their life was like. So mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. That's just like my my secondary. You know, I'm always doing something to you. But I can do that for days, literally uh-huh. days, days on end. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. But go ahead, T. Okay. Well, Denise, your fun question has to do with what we've been discussing this evening. You know, we're going through this pandemic with the we've been quarantined for three months. But if you had to choose two ancestors from your history, from your past, to be quarantined with, who would they be and why? Ooh. Oh, interesting question. Okay. I know exactly who it would be, too. <laughs> so, first of all, I would love to talk to Granville, which is my third great-grandfather. And I, I often wonder about, I wonder, if, you know, how much English he spoke. You know, what, uh, you know, I don't know how much English he spoke. Mm-hmm. I don't know, how, could I even understand him? But I would love to talk to him. I would love to find out. You know, how did he feel? How how was he trying to handle it? I believe he was a smart man. How did he was a smart man deal with this world of of um, you know, you know, how they were treating him. Mm-hmm. I think he kind of like maneuvered around. I think his his slave owner kind of respected him because he they kept the family together all this time and he was I think he probably had some kind of um construction work. He was building things for every time the family moved. So I would love to see that and I also found out there were 17 people named Granville, uh, that name. So, so so many people named after him. And I was wondering, did that mean that they all thought so much of him, that they all named their mm-hmm. kids after him? I, I wonder about that. So that I would love to talk to Granville. And then the other person I would, on my mother's side, I have an uncle, I mean, I have an ancestor, um, Ewing Robinson. And another interesting story, he was not enslaved. I don't know, I can't find out what happened to him at the beginning, and but he was all over the place. He loved to travel all over the place. I found him in 1860. He was in Chicago, and then he went down and he became a sheriff in near New Orleans. He was a sheriff. I'm like, wow, he really? was a sheriff. And it turns out that he was shot while he was trying to bring somebody over to back to um, back to jail. And we always had this story in his family that, you know, he had, that he was shot by a brain robber. Well, it wasn't really true. That's why you have to do research sometimes. Sometimes the stories are not completely true. So, but mm-hmm. um, he was shot. And, and then my, my second great grandmother, she had records of it because she was trying to get her pension. And so she had to have a story about it. So it's in the records. And I would love to talk to him. It said he was a school board member. What? In mm-hmm. 1870, he was a school board member? Wow, you know, what was he doing? What was going on there? And so he died, and then um, she had to go back up to Philadelphia, and she lived with her father after that. But I would love to talk to him, you know, what was life like during that time? You know, what was life like to be if you weren't enslaved? You know, what what did you do? So both those I would love to be able to talk to. Wow, that's awesome. And get to know him in this quarantine time, you know, since we're all stuck in the house. So that would be an awesome time to, to get to know know your past. Absolutely. That's absolutely true. Just to be able to sit and talk. I have a cousin who, well, I have multiple cousins that are over 100, but I have a cousin that is 102. Wow. Uh, and you would think she was 70. She's just so uh, fast. <laughs> But just to talk to her, just talk about, just talk to her for hours about 
how it was for her and different things and what she remembers and what, you know, what she experienced. You know, it's always great talking to her because we could talk forever about whatever. (laughs) Wow. I love it. I love it. We so appreciate you coming to kick it with us today in the chat room. We want you to shout out all of your social media, uh, any virtual events you have coming up, and where everyone can get your book. Well, I'm new at this, so I'm I'm just starting this up. But basically, you'll get my book on Amazon. That's where my book is located. And you'll look up um, Delving Into My Bitter Roots under my name, um, Donnie Smith-Lay. Um, to get my book, and I'm just moving up and slowly, you know, doing more and more. So that's where I am right now. Awesome. And I can't do much right now until after this. And I was going to, you know, I wanted to go out and do presentations, but I can't right now. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, we well, this is your home. Absolutely. Anytime you want to come back and talk about anything, you just let us know and we'll make it happen. And we appreciate you spending some time with us this evening. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. You are so very welcome, and I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thank you. Good night. That's an interesting and awesome topic tonight, Leach. Absolutely. I think it's so very important for us always to um, look at the past, because if you think about it, history always repeats itself. Uh, It always Mm -hmm. repeats itself in some aspect. So it's very important that we we understand that and that we look into that and find out. Um, and it, it, the process is a long process, and it's not for everybody, but it's very important that um, mm-hmm. everyone's family has a piece because everybody has information. You know, they've right. just never been asked. Um, so mm-hmm. it's very important that you get that information. You even if you just write it down so that you have it or other generations in the families have it. Um, because you you come from more than where you are right now. Mhm. Yes, and you know, you it and like today is a perfect example of like you said, history repeating itself. Know where you come from and why things are happening in this world. But the history is so important though, Leash. I definitely agree. I definitely agree. We so appreciate you guys coming to kick it with us today in the chat room. Mm-hmm. Shout out to our archives, y'all. Thank y'all so much for um, always supporting me and T. Our, our, our archives and those replays are popping. Have you seen them? Mm-hmm. Girl, you know I've been busy on the keyboard. Uh, <laughs> and, I'm not, and I'm not talking about spinning the record either. <laughs> Yes, so we want to shout out to everybody. We thank you guys, all of those everywhere, whether you're in New Zealand, United Kingdom, Japan, Taiwan, Spain, uh, India, Turkey, South Sudan, uh, Zambia. We may have some relatives listening, Alicia. I know. They're everywhere. Germany. We just mm-hmm. appreciate you guys, Canada. We we thank you guys so much for tuning in uh, to kick yes, it with us here on Let's Chat. Thank you for listening to our archives. If you're just tuning in and you missed any part of today's show, no worries. Just go back to our archives here at blogtalk.com 
also on iTunes and iHeartRadio. Um, the show will soon be available on our YouTube channel. Make sure you check us out. We thank you guys for coming to kick it with us, and we will see you guys next week. Have a good night and have a good weekend. And most of all, please be safe. Good night. Good night.